0: This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Hi, I'm Latoya Edwards, and welcome to Mommy Jammies Night. This is going to be a great place to just relax and chat with other moms. So I hope you have on your comfy jammies. You've got your snacks, whatever you want to drink, and don't forget your box of tissue as we get ready for a time of fellowship and encouragement. I can't wait for you to meet my friends. I just know that you will be blessed by their stories and what they have to share. All right. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mommy Jamming, and I want to just ask for lots of prayer and grace. This is my first one all by myself. I don't have police on the other line to help me out and remember to do important things like press record. Um, So I'm so glad that everyone is here, and I'm excited to have my friend Kim on the line with me. Say hi, Kim. Hey, everybody. All right. So I got to meet Kim almost a year ago, maybe a little bit more. Uh, We were kind of wandering through life looking for other single homeschooling moms and stumbled upon each other, and she has been a really good friend to me and a really great encouragement to me and other people, and her testimony is amazing. Um, I hope everybody has your tissues because you'll probably need them. And let's see what else. Kim blogs at notconsumed.com, and she is also the owner, and she blogs at thehomeschoolingvillage.com. So those are some places that you can find her on the web. And I am going to hand it over to Kim, and I will be back later. So take it away, Kim. Well, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to um, have a chance to share with you guys tonight. And uh, I am wearing my comfy jammies. Um too bad you can't see them, or maybe not too bad. <laughs> um, but um, well, let me start with just a couple of little things. Um I am a home school mom, like Latoya mentioned. Um I have four kids. Uh my oldest is Leah, she's nine, and Rachel, she's eight. And um then I have two boys, Nathan, six, and Luke, um, who's three. Um <clears throat> There's my quiz for the night. I'm glad to have gotten that out of the way. Uh, I, um, I'm i actually originally from Florida, and I was born and raised there um, by a single mom, actually, um, and moved here. Um, I've actually lived a couple of other places, but um, I now live in South Carolina and love it. Uh, I do miss my flip-flops a lot, but it is um, a great time here, so... So I mentioned I grew up with a single mom, and she worked a lot of jobs, Um, literally. I can't remember a time when she worked less than four or five jobs, you know, odds and ends and things. And one of the things that she did was she was a bookkeeper, and um, she kept the books for our church. So um, we were there all the time, and it's a small little Baptist church, um, and I was baptized at 7. And um what? Pretty much lived my life as a good girl. Um what would seem on the surface anyway. Um I look like I was following God and um never got into trouble. I got straight A's from like seventh grade till college or something ridiculous like that and just, you know, was a highly motivated driven person to to do the right thing. Um, unfortunately it wasn't so much for the right reasons Uh, my goal was really just um, to get what I thought I wanted I I was after the fairy tale life as I um, like to call it or maybe don't like to call it Uh, the fairy tale life I wanted a college degree um, husband kids I wanted to stay at home and you know, lead Bible studies and all of these things that, you know, I thought were, you know, kind of the key to um, what a, my perfect life would be like, you know. Um, and so that's that's what I was after. And that's what motivated me to do all of those right things and all those good things um, through all those years. And and I got it, actually. I, I had a college degree, actually, I have a master's. Um, Degree, and a husband and four kids, and I was staying at home. we were in church leadership and all of those things. I didn't have to buy generic pasta sauce anymore. I could buy prego, and you know I was really felt like I was on the top of the world um but the fairy tale uh was shattered, and um or I, I it's easiest for me to read. I'm going to read you a little excerpt from my journal. If you don't journal, you you really should. I would encourage it. Um, there are a lot of days in my life that I will never forget, but there's one that truly changed me. When I close my eyes, I can still see the very spot where I stood at the door, watching my husband's brake lights fade in the distance. The three children wailing hopelessly at my feet were almost surreal. I don't even remember how I found the strength to put them to bed or to call my friend, but I remember her holding my hand as tears fell into the darkness. Laura's words that day weren't at all what I expected. She didn't say how sorry she was or how awful it was that my husband was moving in with another woman. She didn't say that I deserved better or that he would come back. Out of her own personal brokenness, she held firmly my hands and whispered, You can't control the fact that you're going through this, but you do control one thing. You decide, will you grow from this or die from this? Those words pretty much walked me through every moment of darkness that would happen from that moment all the way through years and years and years later even to today, um, and I decided she was right. I had no choice. I was going through this. So I was either going to choose to grow and, and seek God and listen to what he had to say, or or I was going to fall on my face. And um, so I got really ambitious. I read every book I could find, and I am not kidding you. I went to the bookstore. There was not a book about marriage, saving your marriage, being a better wife that I did not read. I read them all. I found all of these things that I did wrong and all of these things that I could do better. I went to counselors and multiple counselors. <clears throat> and they fell hopelessly short. You know, I searched out Christian counselors on purpose. And I went in, I clearly remember going into one counselor, and she said to me, you know, I think you just, you need to know that God loves you. I think that would be the key here. And I thought, yes. Yes, that's exactly what I need to know. And she hands me a sheet of paper that says 101 Ways to Love Yourself. And on the list are things like watch a Disney movie and light a candle and have a bubble bath. And I remember going home that that night just appalled and disappointed and feeling just totally hopeless. And, you know, that <laughs> was definitely not going to get me closer to God, and I knew it. And I knew that he was the answer. I knew that he would help me, you know, to, to get through this and anything that that I would face. Um, so I started spending a whole lot more time in prayer, begging and talking to him literally on my face. When one One day, you know, I suddenly realized, you know, I heard him say, Hey, I've given you a book. <laughs> I've given you some wise counsel. Why are you searching outside of me? And that was kind of when I started realizing, Okay, I actually God God has given me these answers. I don't need to go somewhere else for these. And um Psalm sixty two, one and two, um, says My soul finds rest in God alone and that kind of became my my mantra of the moment, you know, is that I wasn't going to find any other answers anywhere else, and all these things that are not necessarily bad things, but they weren't the ultimate answer for me, and, um, of course, at first, this worked really well for me. I started clinging to God and, you know, believing him and trusting him, but, of course, the circumstances continued to rage you know, day after day and it wasn't one year or two years, but it just kept right on going. And um I kind of found myself feeling a little like Job. <laughs> you know, um, after a while he started to 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 stagger and not and, and not um be able to really see God anymore and, and that's kind of where I was. Um so I started spending more hours pouring into his word and begging him to teach me. And um he gave me some key verses, um one of which is Psalm one twelve seven, um, which is says he basically says I didn't pull up my Bible, I should have. But it basically says um that um believe the Lord and with and that I fear no bad news. And this was kind of crucial at the time because there was so much legal stuff going on and so much fear and and worry and dread and all of these things that I wasn't supposed to be doing. Um, So that was a great verse that he gave me. Um, And also then Romans 4, um, 20 and 21, which um, says, basically I became fully persuaded that God would do what he said he would do. And this is about the point when I started really thinking about Joseph. Um, I'm sure you've heard the story of Joseph in the Bible, and you know I had heard it many times and thought about how he had endured all of these horrible things. And you think about the verse in um, Genesis 52. I think it's 52:50, 50, either 52:50 50 or 50:52. 50, sorry, um, where it says, you know, what you intended for harm, God you know, intended for good and um I just clung to all the horrible, seemingly meaningless or per you know, no purpose things that that Joseph was going through and, you know, kept thinking, Okay, well, this is me, you know, I'm I'm going through these hard things, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna persevere and eventually there will be blessing. You know, and one day I realized that Much of the blessing that Joseph got was um, centered around his attitude. You know, he could have gone into slavery and just been a total jerk about it. And he could have, you know, um, just done a bad job. He could have. Um, Been mean to the other slaves. Can't, I mean, he could have done anything like that, and and really, not many people would have blamed him, given his circumstances. But he didn't do that. He went in and he did the best he could do, and he trusted God, and because of that, he was promoted, you know, to um, Potiphar's house and was there, and and it continued throughout. You know, when he got to the jail, he could have he could have you know told the other. Um, people that were there, you know, let me tell you about dreams. You don't even want to think about dreams. Let me tell you how horrible and how much trouble dreams are going to get you in. Yeah, he just didn't have a bad attitude, and um, that changed everything for him. And that changed everything for me. Um, uh, Isaiah 43.2 um, is kind of a typical verse that my blog is based after, um, and also just just a great verse. And in, the verse talks about how, um, you know, we'll walk through the water and, um, through the fire, but we will not be consumed. And, um, essentially that's what God was showing me. And, um, I have so many cool stories, um, I mentioned in the Facebook party before we, we came here. Um, just, I mean, I can't even tell you the number of ways that God provided and just the cool things that he did, but kind of my favorite one is um, when um, just a few months after my son was born, we got evicted um, from our house. It it, it wasn't being paid for, and um, I thought it was, but it wasn't, and um, we had 30 days to come up with um, another place to live, which is a bit of a challenge as a single mom with a newborn and no job. Um, because no one really wants to rent to you when you have no income and um so I finally found a place and I begged them to you know to let me they wouldn't um but they said if you can come up with the whole year's rent the whole year in advance um we'll give it to you and I was like okay well like that's going to happen um but I really thought tell her God said this is the house you're going you're gonna to move here and this is where I'm providing and you just trust me for the money. I was like hmm, okay. <laughs> and so I did and 30 days later I had one mega giant garage sale where I sold pretty much all of our belongings um, with a few exceptions and um, when it was the 30 days was up and I needed to move I had Every single penny, all thirteen grand that I needed to move into this house, and he provided that a second time, the second year um that we lived in that house because I still couldn't didn't have the income um, so you know just. It was just amazing to watch that happen you know and and it was some of it was i i mentioned i sold stuff and some of it was definitely from you know i had things that could be sold but there were so many people like i had a a set of bunk beds that i sold they were high-end nice quality furniture i sold the set of bunk beds for a thousand dollars and it was a friend who bought them and she handed me an envelope so i didn't really check i didn't you know look in there to make sure she sent you know, gave me every dime or whatever. It was busy and stuff. And a couple, I think it was a couple days later when I finally opened the envelope with, the, you know, all that was going on. And instead of one grand, it was three. And there were so many things like that that happened where, you know, people just blessed. They just gave and they provided. And it was just amazing and cool. Um, I was looking to see if I have enough time to tell you those story. Um, <clears throat> we'll save that in case there's later. time later um, so basically I came to the point where I realized that uh, I needed to redefine my fairy tale um, instead of believing what the world you know wanted me to believe about my life I needed to believe what God said about life you know and instead of thinking that the ultimate goal in my life was you know a husband or kids or staying at home and college degree and all of those things you know i needed to understand that actually the ultimate goal of my life was to glorify god and enjoy him forever that's what he wanted for me and putting that perspective into what was going on in my life changed everything um for me um probably the hardest thing though that i walked through was with my kids and um they also couldn't see a counselor. um we prayed that um our my marriage would be restored. I allowed the kids to pray that he would come home and um because I allowed that um a lot of counselors really thought that it was unhealthy for the kids to do so, but kind of had a hard time telling them that they couldn't pray what they wanted to pray, so I just didn't see the counselors <laughs> and um <clears throat> i uh I kind of it came to a head when uh my my six year old son who was not quite not that old at the time he was i think about four um was at Fil a play in a play area and um he attacked another boy um in the play area. I don't I mean like there was blood and chunks of flesh out of this boy's face um that kind of attack, and the um, it was it was a little high drama episode. The mom was was pretty upset with us, and um, there was nobody else in the play area that could have done it besides my son. So I knew that that we were to blame, um, but I had no explanation for why he would behave that way at all. And uh, he he actually said to um to a lady who asked, you know, his mother asked why why did you do this? And he said, He is I do not play with people I do not lo- I do not like and I love my daddy. And I was like, What? <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. And that's when it occurred to me, he was dealing with some big feelings in there and I just didn't have any idea what to do with those. And neither did he. And so I had a friend who was a grief counselor who mostly dealt with people who were um, children who were dealing with cancer and things like that. And um, I called her and kind of told her some of the things that were going on. And she's like, you know, your kids are dealing with the same things that my kids that I see deal with. It's the same kind of loss and grief in their lives. And um, the biggest thing is they need to understand uh, feelings they, and they don't they don't understand their feelings in fact you probably don't either <laughs> she was right I didn't really understand my feelings either um, <clears throat> so that was really helpful for me to grasp that and so I took the concept of okay well they need to understand their feelings and what they're feeling and I applied that to God's word and um, <clears throat> I started teaching them and I realized that, you know, they they don't really, they didn't need some baby, dumbed down version of God. Their problems were almost as big as mine, and they needed the same God that I needed to help me through what I was feeling. So I started helping them um, to memorize God's word and what he said about the particular thing they were going through or the situation. I made this huge feelings chart and we talked about feelings. We talked about how feelings, you know, um, usually don't line up with God's truth. And um, that we um, we just started recording those things. We started recording ways that we could deal with these big feelings that we were feeling and the truth about God that we could rehearse in our heads to help us, to just ignore um, the lies that we were believing in these crazy feelings and things. And um, so actually after a couple years, that's when I came, went ahead and started writing things down um, that I had done with the kids, and that's where the books that I wrote, um, Not a Statistic Parenting you know, in a Broken, the Broken World, comes from, it was really just... Um, my desire to see other people um, benefit from what I had gained. Um, And really, (laughs) I'll give away the whole book if you haven't purchased it. The whole thing is all about seeking God and believing his truth. And all I really have done in the book is uh, point out what God's truth is in the particular situation since I've Bring a really unique perspective to the book because um, I grew up in a broken home, so I experienced it there, and then of course now I'm the parent, the single parent in a broken home, and so it was kind of a it was it was interesting writing it and kind of putting all of that stuff together because um, I wanted I had so much to share. That, that I knew, things that I knew from my childhood um, I knew I didn't want to do, you know, and things I knew I did want to do, and I'm melding that together into, um, you know, what I put in there. Um, one of the things, what, and a good example is um, there's a chapter in the book about crying, and it's one of the things that I think um, any parent who's walking with a child through anything hard um There's a lot of crying that goes on, and um, when I was little, I was basically told, you know, we're we're not going to cry about this. Everything is fine. This is normal. People get divorced every day. This is fine, and, you know, that was kind of what I was told, and um, basically I grew up confused because I knew it wasn't fine. It wasn't fine to me. It wasn't fine in my heart. It wasn't right when we had father-daughter bowling nights with Girl Scouts, and I didn't have a dad who wanted to go bowling with me, and, you know, it just wasn't right, and um, I knew that, but I wasn't really allowed to express that it wasn't right, and so that's one of the things that um, I always allowed my kids to do, and... I wanted them to be able to say anything they wanted to say and express it in any way they wanted to express it so that I could hear it and help them to go back to what God really wants them to believe about that particular thing rather than trying to figure it out on their own. And, you know, I certainly don't have it all figured out now, but as a seven or eight year old, I had no idea how to get help for my problem. And, of course, God has put me here to help them <laughs> So I want to be the one to be able to help them when they start thinking things that aren't true about the situation. I'm sure the first one that pops into my mind is, you know, all, all kids who go walk through having a parent leave, even if it's death, sometimes um, feel like it's their fault. And um, it's not enough to say it's not your fault <laughs> one time and think it's over. You know, it's got to be a continuous thing that they can well, I'm feeling this way, so that you can help point to the reasons why it's not their fault and how how God, you know, um is sovereign over the situation and all of these things, you know, that that you would want to share with them. And if you're not opening having that open communication with them, it's not it's not going to be there. Um sorry, my computer went to sleep. I don't know what time it is. Okay, we're okay. um, <clears> good. <throat> Another one of the ways, I'll go back and tell you some, another one of the ways that God provided because it's um, a really fun story, and I have time. Daddy's shirt. Um, the, um, um, one day I had uh, purchased some laundry soap, and um, if, you, if you've been a reader of my blog ever, I wrote this story quite some time ago. But um, I, uh, I, I bought some laundry soap, and it was a brand-new container, and it was pretty much all I had left um, money-wise to spend at that time. And the container was up on top of the washing machine, and it went through, I guess, its spin cycle or whatever. And um, when it did that, the laundry soap fell onto the ground, and basically the the soap went all over the floor under the washing machine, you know the like worst nightmare kind of situation there um, and there um there was just like a little bit of residue left in the cup, and um on the that was it. And so I thought, well, you know, the residue, you know, will hopefully kind of sink down a little bit, and I can use that at least for one more load. So I kept it. I sat it up there, and um when the next load came, sure enough, it had kind of, you know, um settled into the cup, and I was able to use it. It was just enough for one load. And I put the cup back there, and... Went on my way, and then when it became time to do laundry again, there was enough in there again, and I thought, "Well, that's weird. I guess the residue is just really thick." And before we long, it was load after load after load of this laundry soap that was there, and um, it seemed like such a little thing because it's just, this, you know. A $10, well, $20 thing of laundry soap. But um, it was just such a blessing to think God is providing not just, you know, huge things in life, but he's providing this one thing for me, you know, this little thing that I need. And, um, oh, it was just just so cool. And um, anyway... Um, I went about three and a half years with no job, um, little to no child support, and um, I really provided literally every single thing um, through that time. And um, part of the way that he provided was through my blog, actually. Um, One day in December of 2011, um, I was just praying. I knew that eventually things would come to head, and I I just couldn't live forever on God. (laughs) I guess you can though, but anyway. But I thought I'm gonna have to do something. I can't just be an at home mom of these poor little babies, and you know, I have to do something.
1: Hey, what are so you doing? You're
0: gonna do something? Quit. I had a blog started. Wait <laughs> just a minute. And um, the blog that I had was like for my grandma. You know, it was pictures of just little um. Things that we had done, there were very few words or whatever. So I really wasn't a blogger or anything, but I really felt like God said, "We're going to start a blog," and I was like, "Um, okay, what does that mean?" And so I read one article that said, "Hey, um, people make money on blogs," and I was like, "Really? Okay. Be quiet. How do you do that?" And so I um. I decided to go ahead and. And. Quiet. Just a minute. Um. So that's
1: um.
0: Sorry. Um. I I started so let's see in January it was January about the middle of January when I actually was blogging with Amy dot com and um. She has great tutorials and so I went through and um learned how to put up my very first blog. I did it like I, I'm the kind of person, as you probably can tell from what I've shared already, where I you know, I am pretty much a go getter. So, um, I was gonna do it right the first time. So I literally self hosted, designed the whole thing myself from the bottom and um through blogging with Amy, and got my Bluehost account, whole thing, and then um, within six months, um, my blog completely exploded, and it was total. I mean, totally god. Um, I didn't even know where to go, what to do at the time. I just knew he said do it, and so I obeyed. And um, it's been such a fun journey. I've really enjoyed. Um, Uh, Writing. I I didn't actually know that I was any good at writing, which is kind of funny. Um, I I mean, I, I, I obviously have a master's degree, so I made it through college, so I obviously could write something, you know. There was no doubt there, but um, I didn't. um, There was no. um, I lost my train of thought. (laughs) Sorry. That's what happens when you have four children and this late at night. You're tired. Um, so, well, anyway, talking <laughs> about my blog. Um, I would really like to open up the floor for questions, though, and um, we're getting close, well, past our time now, I guess. So, um, if we can do that, that would be great. Hello. I'm here. Hi. You're doing great. I promise. All right. <laughs> oh, that's my train of thought. So I'm sorry about that. I was probably sounding really fine. meaningless or whatever. But anyway. great, <laughs> No, it's fine. You know, we're all moms here. So I'm sure we all understand, you know, it's the end of the day. And we've been taking care of, you know, all the things we're interested with, And i Totally get it. And the ladies in the chat room are praying for you and saying thank oh, you for I appreciate that. Heart. For sure. Yes. Yeah. So um, does anybody have any questions, you can ask in the chat box, and I can see them. If you want to ask anonymously, there's a box next to the chat box, and um, we can get those questions for Kim. So I'm going to put Kim on the spot, but I promise it's an easy question. So, Kim <laughs> okay. loves hymns. She loves hymns, and we were talking about this on the Facebook page um, earlier. And so, I want to know what your favorite hymn is and why. Hmm. Well, what <clears throat> I said on the Facebook page—sorry, to use that as my scapegoat—was that I I love music so much. I I was I started playing the flute in the fourth grade, and um, I have just um, always loved music. So music speaks to me. It, if I need a pick-me-up or anything like that, music is the answer for me. Um, so there really is no kind of music that I haven't liked. You know, there's no um, um, things that, you know, I just, I just love it all. Um, so it's hard for me to pick, but um, as I was writing the last um, hymn study that we did, I really um, fell in love with the hymn, um, I Stand Amazed in the Present, and um, really to him, is all about God's love um, and, you know, what he did for me, and um, I just, I don't know, it just it's just, it's really, I guess, I stand amazed. Literally, it, it's so um, humbling and amazing that God cares enough to have done everything that he's done for me, just me, little me, and my little problems, you know, um, which to some aren't that little, but to others are, you know, really little, <laughs> and so I think that um, I just I don't know. That's probably my my top hymn is that one. So many others, of course, though. That's good. All right. And then one more question. What um, words of encouragement would you have to someone that is just maybe at the beginning of, you know, a journey where they're going to be walking through a fire or walking through a hard time? Like what would you say to them with your perspective, you know, What would you have said to yourself on that first day? Um, I would say to them the same thing that Laura basically said to me. You know, um, the Bible says that we are all going to walk through and face trials. And we don't really, we really love to just skim over that verse. (laughs) But we can't. It's there, and um, but the Bible also says there's a reason for that, and the reason for that is to prepare us for something greater, and um, so when we walk through hard things, we absolutely have to keep that perspective, and no, I don't think that God ever intended for my husband to do what he did, it, you know. Sin is sin, <laughs> and um, I don't think God plans people out and says, you know, he's going to sin, and I'm going to force him to do it. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. Um, but I do believe that God um, uses those things, those decisions that maybe weren't so great um, for our gain. You know, um, if we walk faithfully with him and, um, uh, Seek his face, basically. Um, So, uh, as I mentioned, attitude is key. Um, This is probably the most important thing. Um, Keeping uh, your mind on, I would recite to myself all the time, this is not about me. Life is not about me. Life is not about me. And it sounds really crazy, but I say that all the time because a lot of the negative feelings you have and a lot of the Mad and angry. I'm going to get them. Kind of thoughts that you have, if you can say, "But this is not about me. This is not about me." You almost always can back off of that type of um, mentality, and and it's so much easier to walk through it if you can think, "You know what? This is not about me. This is not about me." <laughs> and so, you know, um, perspective as who. And being willing to, to let God grow you through the same whatever it is. Because he will. He promises he will. That's good. All right. Well, Kim, thanks for joining us tonight. And people want to yeah. find you on the Internet. Where's the best place to find you at? Um, well, <laughs> given the um, throes of Facebook, I'm going to say the best place to find me is my blog because it will always be there. I own it. <laughs> I control it. And so um, that's the best place. Um, Notconsumed.com So come on and love to have you be a part. Subscribe so we can keep up with each other. And um, and also I welcome anybody to personally friend me on Facebook. Um, I, I like to know who you are and get to know you and, and I really enjoy that so that's a, a little bit different than the Facebook page part but I like that so come on mm-hmm. alright well that's all that we have for tonight thank you for joining us Kim thank you ladies in the chat room and I look forward to seeing you guys next month, Good night. thanks for joining Jemmy. us for Mommy Jemmy's Night I'm your host Latoya Edwards and it's been such fun hanging out with you tonight Please come back and check us out on our website, Mommy Jamie's Night, for all of the archives of our past shows. And don't forget to invite your friends and set your calendar for the second Tuesday of every month for more fellowship and encouragement.